Democracy versus fascism. The choice right now can't be clearer here in the United States and what is going on internationally. Here in the United States, we have the GOP introducing what's called the Commitment for Cruelty. I mean, I think they're calling it the Commitment for America, but it looks like the Commitment for Cruelty, a one-page vague document which they rolled out with a Russian hype video. They took video footage from Russia and claimed it was the United States of America. The Texas Tribune Festival was in full effect. This is like the greatest festival ever. I don't know if anyone's seen it. They've got like all, they got all the guests. That's like, I guess as I dork out in the political realm, this used to be like the music festivals for me because you got Liz <laughs> Cheney getting cheered. You got Pete Buttigieg getting cheered. You got Gavin Newsom getting applause. And on the other hand, you have Ted Cruz getting laughed at and booed. You got <laughs> to love it. And then there's major international news. We're seeing popular uprisings against the Iranian supreme leader after the murder of Masa Amini by the Ayatollah's morality police. And also we've seen many more youth activists and others being murdered in Iran. We have Russia also cracking down and executing and locking up individuals protesting their mass mobilization after their significant defeats against Ukraine. And then we see the Italian right-wing fascist party, the Fratelli d'Italia, led by Giorgia Maloney, winning the election and forming a coalition government, which will undoubtedly lead to Giorgia becoming the prime minister. A very scary turn to the extremist right-wing in Italy. And the January 6th committee in the United States issuing subpoenas, getting ready for the full force and effect of that committee subpoenas are being issued including one that's really pertinent i think this is to the wisconsin speaker of the house robin voss who trump called back in this july asking him in this july to still overturn the results of the election in wisconsin that's just where donald trump is right now still trying to overthrow our democracy so you see the board here internationally the stakes couldn't be higher i'm ben micellis joined by brett and Jordy from the Midas Touch podcast, and I am broadcasting from Italy. I am actually in Milan right now, in Milan, after uh, the election that took place where Fratelli d'Italia won. I wasn't here specifically for that election. I'm still a practicing lawyer, and one of my clients um, is out here, and I had to take a business trip. But interesting seeing what's going on in Italy firsthand. And Brett, as I was thinking about, I'm here firsthand. You had a very significant event when you were in the UK a few weeks back. It's like when we travel internationally with the country that we're in are undergoing <laughs> major changes. Yeah, I was in London the day they gave Boris the boot. I think people are going to start having conspiracy theories about us. I mean, all of a sudden we start traveling to these countries and then major geopolitical events start to happen. It's it's getting pretty, uh, pretty odd. But how's Italy going? How's the trip been? Or should I say buongiorno to you right now? Oh, good <laughs> I'm not sure that's the, the right way they say it here, but um, how do they say you know, I took what is it? Buongiorno. Uh, that's good. I like that. uh, so I actually took Italian in high school. I took 10th grade Italian. I remember that. You I know that, that about me? 
I do. I, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I love it. People are wondering what this background is. This is the hotel room that I'm at for those audio listeners. It's some nice woodwork in the background. There's some really upgraded feelings. that studio, Ben, looking good. Some people are saying it's distracting. Others like it, um, but it's beautiful. Uh, you know, there's the uh, Domo, the uh, Milan Cathedral here is, is incredibly beautiful. It just so happened I was out here at the same time around Fashion Week. So I got to at least check out one of those shows. And of course, I got to eat some incredible food out here. Maybe awesome. too Fashion much Week food. and Fascist Week, I guess. You got both in, in one go, unfortunately. Fascist, fashion Week and Fascist Week. You know, and before we dive in deep into what's going on in Italy, I just wanted to make this point at the outset is, is anyone who's in harm's way right now with this hurricane that's headed towards the Florida region. Please stay safe out there. This thing is no joke. And, you know, just want to wish all of our listeners and viewers and even people who don't listen to our podcast and may not even like us, just stay safe. This is a dangerous one. Yeah, no, well, well said, Jordy. Uh, you know, we just want to send all of our love and all of our thoughts to, like like Jordy said, all of our listeners, um, even if whether you like us or don't like us, anybody who's in harm's way right now due to Hurricane Ian, um, it certainly looks like a scary storm. So please just stay on top of those alerts. Um, we are sending our love your way. Also want to wish all of our listeners, uh, our, our Jewish listeners, Shana Tova, um, Happy New Year. Hope you have a happy and sweet New Year. Um, I know I was able to have a lovely Shabbat dinner with my friends on Friday to, uh, to kick this new year off. And I hope everybody is able to celebrate and is having a, uh, having a good time. Now, Ben, why don't you just, uh, dig, dig into Italy for us? What's going on there? You know, the same themes here though, that the Fratelli day Italia, which is led by this Giorgia Maloney ran on anti-immigration rhetoric, um, this idea of like, Italian purity, you know, trying to reject what they call this globalization cabal conspiracy, um, the same anti LGBTQ plus the same type of, you know, extreme Christian nationalist kind of tainted with the, 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 the perversion of what Christianity is. And I want to make that clear, too, because it's when you combine the Christianity with the nationalism and it becomes an extremist tool, in my own mind, that's not the teachings of love and compassion embedded in all different types of religions. So I just want to make that clear. But but that sentiment is, um, you know, out here as well. Um, and that is the same type of things that uh, in the United States the radical right extremists are trying to roll out when they have their commitment to America. The platforms are really interchangeable when you think about it, right? You know, it's a different group of immigrants. It's a different group of kind of xenophobia, some of the same groups, you know, some of the same marginalized groups, but it's an affront and attack on that. Um, and we saw that with that rollout. What a weird rollout it was, Brett. Are we talking about the contract for uh, I don't even know what we're calling it these days. They call it the commitment for America is what Kevin McCarthy calls it. You know what? Um, I was also getting confused about it because it's just a rehash of Newt Gingrich's plan from the 90s because they have no new ideas. And so I was thinking his contract from America back in the day. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was just the weirdest event on the planet. Like you said, like you have uh, Elise Stefanik just holding up like a postcard that says like strong economy, better things like it. Like it doesn't really give it kind of like an SNL skit, but it's just not funny because it's, it's a fascist movement. 
Exactly. And, and then you have people like Kevin McCarthy making asides. Like, I don't even know if this was even in the script, but he was like, oh, yeah. And if uh, if you were put on the terrorist watch list at a school board meeting, guess what? We're going to get you off that terror watch list. Like they just keep continue to spread these lies and they continue to the play directly to the QAnon base. And even Adam Kinzinger called them out for this. I mean, as far as if it was a truly policy speech, putting forth conservative ideals, someone like Adam Kinzinger, I think, would be like, you know what? We actually put forth conservative ideals here. This is something I could get behind. But it was just a QAnon fever dream led by Kevin McCarthy and Elise Stefanik. And when they say things like the school board thing, I mean, it's just flat out lies, right? Like the people who the FBI is going after and stuff are people who have actually committed violence against other people, people who have right. actually done terror attacks against other people. And we've seen that this is really like if you put, set aside all like the phony policy that they actually tried to put forth, it's really what they're doing is they're trying to destroy our institutions. They're trying to defund the FBI. They are trying to attack the Department of Justice and attack anybody who tries to get in the way of their blatant criminality. And what they do is they commit crime after crime after crime so brazenly and out in the open. And the second they get caught on it, the second that there's any sort of responsibility, they go, I'm being politically persecuted. You can't persecute your political enemies. And you got to be like, no, it's not persecution. This is prosecution. And it's prosecution because you committed a crime. And we just keep seeing stories like this now. And Brett, this Republican is an example Party. ready from like yeah. the, you know, I, I don't even want to give the paper credit because it's it's a ra- like its name. So because I don't want to give it a click, but a radical extremist, <laughs> well-known paper, which is like pro-life activist arrested during FBI raid at Pennsylvania home. A pro-life activist was arrested at his home Friday during an FBI raid on charges that He assaulted an abortion clinic volunteer in Philadelphia last year. More than two dozen FBI agents came to arrest Mark Huck shortly after 7 a.m., according to Mr. Huck's wife, Ryan Marie, who spoke with the pro-life news outlet and then whatever they call it. The whole framing of it, this guy, Mark Huck, and this is one of the gaslighting techniques, Brett, that you just mentioned. This guy, Mark Huck, assaulted an elderly man who was 72 years old who would walk with women to protect them when they would go and show up at Planned Parenthood. And Huck would be waiting out there and attack this man, not once, but like multiple times he assaulted this elderly man repeatedly. And there's a law on the books, a number of ones, one that prevents assault, um, but two, which also prevents you from getting in the way of someone trying to avail themselves of medical care or from availing themselves of abortion care, you know, at a federal level or emergency life care. And this guy would beat, you know, this elderly man up and then all of the right wing, like Doug Mastriano from Pennsylvania, he issued a press release and basically said, this is political persecution. If you elect me governor, I will make a Pennsylvania. I will make sure that the FBI is not raiding people like this, like this man violently assaulted and attacked an elderly man who was walking with a woman to so she could have safe passage 
to get a health checkup. I don't know if you even know like why this man was there escorting this person, but it's because this guy had a history of harassing people who were trying to go into Planned Parenthood to get care in the first place. So there would be all these patients. Remember, this is a diff- these are difficult decisions for women to make. This is, a, you know, getting any sort of pregnancy yeah. care is very difficult for uh, for anybody. And so you're going to Planned Parenthood to try to speak to a healthcare provider to get the best decision for you. And then you have to deal with these asshole protesters standing outside, harassing you, screaming at you, chiding you, telling you that you're a horrible human being and that you're going to hell. It's dangerous. They start getting violent. Finally, they go, you know what? We need escorts to keep these people safe because this is not a safe situation. So they get this guy, the 72 year old man says, I will escort. I will gladly bring in these patients to make sure they are safe. And this man who the Republicans are defending assault assaulted him not once, but two times assaulted him, threw him to the ground. And when there are consequences, they go political persecution. Oh, they're just he was just a Catholic man, a pro-life activist. Listen, your religion, your political beliefs. I don't give a shit about them. If you are committing crimes, they do not preclude the crimes that you are committing. It is not a get out of jail free card. That insurrectionist type that that is Mastriano's base. Those assault those those types of people here in Pennsylvania. That's who Mastriano continues to target in his effort to win the governorship here in in Pennsylvania. And a quick aside, what this really reminds me of when I was attending the Ohio State University in 2014, the Westboro Baptist Church would always put up these crazy, crazy signs and, and like hold like protests essentially right in the center of our campus. And, you know, I guess they were hiding behind uh, the First Amendment, freedom of speech or whatnot. But they would really berate the students, say some atrocious, atrocious things, um, very much anti-choice. And to see this now play out on a level where it's actually leading to violence at medical facilities is, is terrifying. The Westboro Baptist Church you know, when I used to see them also at like, you know, outside football games and outside, you know, just various locations on the street screaming at people and stuff, at least back in the day, I used to be like, those are lone crazy right. people. You know, they have their own little cult. They are dangerous. They are scary, but they are isolated. Nobody's giving them the time of day. The problem today is the mainstream Republican Party has embraced those voices and they now say like we are the Westboro Baptist Church, like the Republican Party has taken their mindset and they defend those people. Now they go out there and they say that's our those are our people. You can't mess with them. And that's this. That's the danger that we find ourselves in today. The name of one of the laws in the two count indictment that the DOJ has charged hook on for those wondering, it's the violation of the freedom of access to clinic entrances, F-A-C-E Act, which makes it a federal crime to use force with the intent to injure, intimidate and interfere with anyone because the person is a provider of reproductive health care. This Republican gaslighting of trying to accuse others of everything that they directly are. And it goes back to the tactics of, you know, what we see in Russia with Putin, where he's claiming denazification of Ukraine, which is led by, according to Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Post as the most influential Jew in the entire world is what uh, Putin saying he wants to denazify. He was trying to denazify. It's that same gaslighting tactic. 
And then finally, the third thing I wanted to mention, though, is just this overall platform of what the GOP actually rolled out, like with their uh, uh, commitment to cruelty. When you really break down what it is, if, if you want to try to glean, it is uh, remove and revoke Social Security, revoke Medicare. They want to raise taxes on everybody um, and other than billionaires uh, who they want to take care of. Uh, and they want to sue students who get loan forgiveness. Like they are literally coming for you. They want uh, total abortion, abortion bans, bans. So. national abortion bans. It really is a commitment uh, to cruelty. And then you pivot to what took place at the Texas Tribune Festival. And I think we should start off by talking about Ted Cruz, who's from Texas. And uh, Ted Cruz, of all of the people, Everyone got a much better reception than Ted Cruz, like Ted Cruz was getting heckled and booed and (laughs) everything he said was more bizarre and and weird and dangerous than the next. And he was just asked a very direct question about. So why don't you and the Republicans, when Donald Trump is out there saying this hateful and horrible stuff and spreading QAnon conspiracy. Like, why don't you you're trying to overthrow democracy? He's the leader of your cult. I mean, your party. Why don't you stand up? To why don't you do anything in the face of that? Let's just play Ted Cruz's response. Why are people reluctant on the Republican side to criticize Donald Trump? It's, it's a number of things. Number one, unlike many people in politics, if someone criticizes him, he turns around and punches them in the face. I mean, it's not complicated, and you have, I saw a lot of my colleagues, I saw meetings where he'd get up and, and different Republican senators would criticize him, he'd spend the whole meeting just like slamming him with a stick. That people respond to incentives, people notice that. I mean, Ted Cruz really said there, Jordy and Brett, that because right. Donald Trump gets is mean to them, that that's why they've never seen anyone in politics get mean before. We, we've we've said this on they, the show before that that they cower because they're scared of Trump calling them names. It's just weird hearing him admit it. Yeah, I mean, it's just the it's it's the epitome of cowardice. It's unbelievable that we're we're having to like narrowly fall into like a fascist country because you're scared of being called names like stand up for yourself like but i mean this is we are talking about the guy who literally did not stand up for his own family he didn't stand up for himself or his wife when donald trump called his wife ugly he didn't stand up for his father when his father uh when donald trump said his father killed jfk i guess he did stand up for a day in a press conference and then the next day was uh making phone calls for donald trump oh donald trump for president uh but that's what you get with ted cruz and these republicans it's just all a bunch of cowards. And that's why this party has been able to be co-opted with this fascist MAGA strain, because they never really stood for anything. They never stood for anything. And so, uh, you know, as the saying goes, you'll fall for anything if you don't stand for anything. Mm-hmm. And um, is that is that the <laughs> something like that? You often get phrases mixed up, but we'll let it slide. But could we just go back for one quick it's, second? If you just stand for those, nothing, those, you fall those, for anything. There you go. Those fascist Mad Libs that you just played. Think about what you just said. You said the former president called called Ted Cruz's wife ugly. You said the former president said that Ted Cruz's dad was uh, JFK's uh, killer. Uh, that's insane. They're all true statements too. fascist madly. They said every that Ted Cruz himself is the Zodiac killer. Yeah, um, Cruz, and yeah. for to not stand. That's one of the strangest things about watching the January 6th committee hearings. Like there's so many themes to analyze, but just one theme 
is I get that image of myself in my mind of um, Mark Meadows as the insurrection's taking place. You, you do have brave people like Cassidy Hutchinson saying like, do something, please. Like, let's like call him out. We need to do something. And Mark Meadows with his phone, like I, I envision him. Remember the Nokia game like Snake or one of those like phone games? Falling I just, he's, yeah. Just imagine him on his phone, like playing like Jeopardy or whatever he's doing. Probably Wheel of Fortune now that the host of Wheel of Fortune is apparently like a right wing fascist. Also, maybe playing the Wheel of Fortune game on his phone, but like not caring that like, I'm busy. Nothing I can do. Nothing I can do here if they want to kill the vice president. Like I, they just want to go get their tax cuts for billionaires, you know, do all the corrupt stuff that they want to do, go to the golf course and just like tell everyone, shut the F up, like, just leave me alone. I don't care about what happens to this country, like whatever. Fascism doesn't matter as long as there's an oligarchy and I'm in that oligarchy crowd. That's like all I care. Can you like leave me alone, please? Because like I got to go to the country club like that is what their absolute focus is. So that's Ted Cruz there. And then he gets asked a question about responsible gun ownership. And he goes on a tangent and forgets that Uvalde happened in his state so that someone in the audience has to go. Yeah. But what about Uvalde? Like where all of the things you're saying existed and they weren't able to stop in that situation, you know, the the mass murderer terrorist who yeah, went because in. Cruz's argument in front of that crowd despicably was, well, if we had more police officers there, this would have never have happened if we just needed more cops. And so the Democrats had how dare they the Democrats, they would not sign on my bill to put more security officers in that school totally neglecting the fact that there were like dozens of police officers who came to that school and refused to take action as these kids were slaughtered. And so he was rightfully heckled by the audience of Texans who were absolutely appalled by these statements. But like the thing with Ted Cruz, though, is he like thrives in being hated. Like he really just doesn't mind. He's like, no, no, no. If you want to be wrong about these things, then you could be wrong about these things. But like the fact and is he puts his like dirty shoes, like he crosses he's his disgusting. leg. He's a disgusting. He puts his dirty man. shoes up. He's got that shit eating grin. Brett, your voice, you nail him. Yeah, that and was an amazing. That was an amazing. And I told the Democrats, blame the Democrats for it. It's like we got to blame the Democrats because they won't do what I told them to do, because <laughs> we, we got to do here is we need to put more cops in the schools. We need more AR-15s in the schools, because the more guns you have, the more we could protect these kids. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Without playing the clip, that's what happened. And now a quick word from one of our sponsors, because, hey, you know, this is true. Your bedroom deserves a refresh. And guess what? Right now. Yep. Right now is the perfect time to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. Thuma. So introducing the bed by Thuma, handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality upcycled wood. You'll find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. The perfect platform bed frame just got better. You can now customize the bed by choosing between their original pillow board and their new wood headboard. The fabric pillow board adds softness and color to any space, while headboard offers solid, sleek support. The headboard attaches directly to the bed using Japanese joinery with no tools required. You buy it with the bed on its own or as an upgrade, and it's made for how you live. The bed by Thuma is back with a lifetime warranty. It ships wow. right to your door in three easy-to-maneuver boxes. Takes about five-ish minutes to assemble with no tools required. Did you required. say five minutes? 
Yeah. And you could easily build it yourself. It's one of the things I love about it, especially as somebody who has like moved a bit in recent years. I always like <laughs> stress out so much over having to like get somebody to there's nothing take worse down than the moving. There's and, nothing and worse than moving. No, but this literally it's like a it's like a very simple puzzle piece within five minutes. Like if I could do it, you could do it. Let me put yeah, it that there way. If I could do it, you could do it. And so here's what you got to do. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. And now go to Thuma.co slash to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed plus free shipping in the continental US. Go to thuma.co slash touch. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash touch for a $25 credit. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Do you have that video, Brett, of uh, Ted Cruz planning world domination in college? Oh like, my God. You know yeah, the video? Yeah, for those yeah, who yeah. haven't seen it, like this was this was him in college. And I know people who went to school with him who just told me like everybody hated this guy. He was the biggest prick, the most obnoxious person in the world. And what my friends have told me who who and these are lawyers who like went to law school and went to undergrad with him. And what they've said is as horrible of a human being as he was then. And he was horrible, loathed detested. All he wanted to do was try to like ruin other students' lives and other people. They go, he's worse now. He's way worse here. Just play the clip of him planning world domination in college. Play this clip. Aspiration. Is that like sweat on my butt? No, no. Oh, I see. What you want me to do, what I want to do in life. Take over the world. World domination. You know, rule everything. Rich, powerful, that sort of stuff. I mean, the guy was always just always awful, awful. How do people like it is? It is why, though, you can't sit on the sidelines. You can't, because if you sit on the sidelines, you give the room to people like Ted Cruz. You give the floor to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. You give the floor to Doug Mastrianos. That's why we got involved. And, you know, you know, many, you know, at this point, it feels like a long time ago, but it was only two years ago, two and a half years. And I, I got to I always make the confession. I wasn't that political of a person until I saw what was going on in 2020. I wish I would have stepped into the arena early, but it shows everybody listening here and everybody watching that it's never too late. But I was like, they're going to kill us. They're absolutely going to kill us. Like it wasn't a matter of doing this for any other reason other than like, if I don't do this, like they're going to go after and like kill my family and they're going to yeah. kill the community. They're going to literally destroy the country if no one stands up to these people. But there are people standing up to them. So while you have Ted Cruz do that, you got Pete Buttigieg, you got Liz Cheney, you got Gavin Newsom. Let's talk about Buttigieg and Gavin Newsom, because I thought the themes that they both hit great was, yeah. again, this cruelty of these Republican governors and just MAGA Republicans in general, taking away freedoms, taking away rights. And Newsom and Buttigieg just have a way of just hitting it so directly. They're not mincing words. And they're saying, what kind of man? It's like, oh, this is kind of Newsom's theme talking about like DeSantis. What kind of man kidnaps asylum seekers, hoards them onto a plane and throws them into another area without food or drinks or any planning and coordination. Who does that? How cruel can you be? And Buttigieg kind of echoed that. Brett. 
Yeah, I, I love Buttigieg's statement, which to paraphrase was basically like you don't do things like that unless you're out of ideas. If you just don't have ideas, if you don't have true ways to actually solve problems, then you do these cruel, horrific stunts. But if you actually have a means to solve problems, you would actually be solving the problems. And I'm happy to have these good, passionate voices on the Democratic side pushing back against this BS. I mean, it's super important and it just serves as such an incredible contrast. Absolutely. And one of the things that I'll tell our listeners here, when, when Brett and I uh, were fortunate enough to, to visit the White House and cover uh, the IRA event, we spoke with Pete Buttigieg for a bit. And I just want to say he has this presence about him where it's, it's very presidential in nature, where he just kind of commands the room and commands the floor. And so when you see him, you know, making these speeches like that's really him. He's not like a calculated guy that has all these note cards and, you know, knows exactly what he's going to say before he says it. You know, he's just someone who really understands the moment and lives up to it every time, you know, he gets tasked. What Pete is so great at doing is he's able to really command the conversation because no matter what's thrown at him, he's able to slow down the conversation. He knows the sound bites that they are trying to get, and he knows the exact way to get to their audience, which is why he's so effective on Fox News and really on any channel and any platform. I mean, at the Texas Tribune, which I still don't understand how they got literally every politician in the world at this event, but kudos kudos to them for well, this. Well, here's <laughs> here's here, here here's why. I think the timing lined up and it's such an important state. And I think for various reasons it's important for everyone to speak in that in that forum. You know, you have Greg Abbott the governor and Ken Paxton really showing what a MAGA Republican leadership would look like and what it does look like, right? And what it looks like is repressive Frankly, it looks like uh, Iran, you know, and what they want to enact and how they want to go after women, how they want to go after the LGBTQ plus community, how they want to go after businesses. Um, but then it also has a level of just utter incompetence, right? Like literally can't keep the lights on, you know, in a state that's known for being like the energy state not just of the country, but of the world. They can't keep the lights on because of all of the corruption surrounding their electric grid that Abbott oversees. And then when shit hits the fan and there's breakdowns, their leaders go to Cancun. They go to other, they go to other countries, they vacation. Like it's the exact opposite of what you want leadership to be. And it is a scary, striking example of what the country would look like under a Republican-led commitment to cruelty. And that, to me, is the defining one of the defining reasons about why I support the Democrats. And we talk about it. I mean, one is compassion. But the other C is competence. It's like literally focusing on the issues and getting in the weeds. It's like when you talked about that GOP rollout for its commitment to cruelty, they were so incompetent also in the rollout that they used Russian stock footage and claimed that the oil rig was an American oil rig. But just a few seconds of investigation showed that it was in Russia. They showed a young boy with a toy plane showing that this is like what you know American children you know, and they picked a kid with like blonde hair and blue eyes from Russia. And they said that was an American child. And 
you know, that's an embarrassing example of their PR rollout for their corrupt propaganda plan. But that is how they actually govern. And you think about it, too, the way Trump handled COVID. Let's arrest Dr. Fauci. Let's throw the guy who's the top scientist for 40 plus years. Let's arrest him because he's smarter than me. And that hurts my frail ego. Right. Think about the difference in what's gone down in Puerto Rico. Right. Um, With the Biden administration versus the way Trump dealt with it, because Trump believed that they should fend for themselves. He went there and he he threw toilet paper at them. I mean, horrific stuff. But that's why the Texas Tribune Festival got all these people. It's such a critical state. It so highlights the differences between Democrats and Republicans and really the fight for the heart and soul of what our nation. Are we going to be a compassionate and competent nation or are we going to be an incompetent and cruel nation and they normalize their ineffectiveness and they normalize their cruelty and they normalize their incompetence by falsely accusing Democrats of what they are doing constantly. It's a constant both sides of every single thing. I mean, Ben, I will still have comments from people to this day. Yesterday, I got some in my DMs when I tweeted something about Florida. Somebody was like, oh, well, California must be great. Good luck getting the lights on. I'm like, my lights never went off. The lights never went off in California. I don't know. Like, what is this talking point that people just believe there was a problem and Gavin Newsom solved the problem before the power grid went off, unlike Texas, where it literally did go off and people froze to death. I don't understand how you could objectively look at those situations and not see the difference in competence and problem solving ability. But that's the power of these right wing fascist networks that just beam propaganda. It's oh, Donald Trump is the most corrupt person ever. All of his kids work for the administration, work for his companies. They stole money. Oh, but but, 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 but Hunter Biden, but Hunter Biden. Oh, Donald Trump stole hundreds of classified documents, had thousands of other government documents on us. Oh, but have you heard of Barack Obama and his library? He took document like these aren't the same things. They're not the same things. And they say things enough. And and Jordy and Ben and I yesterday were talking about like the names that they come up for things to try to act like they're smart when they come up with conspiracy theories. And they always come up with a name for something like it's strike force ultra. It's Strike Force Ultra is coming to get you. And then everyone's like, yeah, it's Strike Force Ultra. It's all the conspiracy. And you're like, you're just saying words at this point. You're just saying, <laughs> you're just not even saying, like, like just like, let's acknowledge the actual real corruption here. Stop trying to deflect. Let's be Americans again. Let's focus in reality. Let's live in reality, not this alternative version of reality that you've created to make yourself feel better. Okay. Yep. And I don't know if people saw my recap of the Wilmington, North Carolina traveling circus fascist cosplay rally that uh, Trump did. Right. We did a previous one where he was in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Then he went to Youngstown, Ohio. And now uh, he's in Wilmington, North Carolina. I mean, to some, by the way, the crowds are super small. So I don't want people to think these are like, like he played in front of like 2,500 people. It looked like one of these like small carnival crowds in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I almost, as disgusting as it is, I like that he's going to these swing states to showing people there just how disastrous and how corrupt and weird and dangerous it is. Although I wish the media would actually cover it and condemn it and call it out like, hey, 
This is the leader of the Republican Party who's in our state. Um, he's playing QAnon theme music. OK, can, can we talk about that? Yeah. You know, the person who he wanted to appoint as the acting CIA director. Yeah. The person who he claims he telepathically mind beamed the declassification to Cash Patel. Yeah, You know, that guy like he's signing where we go one, we go all on like letters to all of his fans, like a total 100 percent QAnon. Could we talk about the fact that when Trump is out there actually speaking at these rallies like he literally is just saying gibberish words at this point. Like he's literally not even like there's not even a coherent thread to any of his statements other than basically just ranting and raving and just saying word salad words of like anti-immigrant stuff. And and and, you know, MAGA, me, my son, Don Jr., make America great. Like it, there's really no intellectual. There's no, well, there's just there's no logic to what he's even saying. No, I mean, they're just they're fascist rallies. But the problem is, is that then you get these Republicans on the Sunday shows, which, you know, OK, fine, get them on the Sunday shows. All right. But if you're going to have them on your show, you better ask good questions and you better hold their feet to the fire. Instead, we get people like Chuck Todd lobbing them softballs to talk about things like impeaching Joe Biden and not giving any sort of pushback and not asking any sort of questions, having zero journalistic integrity. Now, let me play this clip of how, you know, you have that rally where Donald Trump has people raising their hands, to the QAnon symbols, you know, threatening the FBI, doing all the things that he does. You finally get Republicans on to talk about things. And this is the question that Chuck Todd lobs at Republican Representative Nancy Mace. Check this out. Republicans uh, pitch Kevin McCarthy put out his pitch uh, for they called it a commitment to America on this. And, and part of it in there was accountability. And it's kind of vague. But you've heard some of the details. And I know you've talked about the idea that there may be a special select committee. Do you expect in, an impeachment vote against President Biden if Republicans take over the House? I believe there's a lot of pressure on Republicans to have that vote, to put that that legislation forward and to have that vote. I think that is uh, something that some folks are considering. Wow. Again, I'm someone who wants to. Yeah, I want to follow the Constitution. It's really important. Oversight's important. But when I think of oversight of the federal government, I'm thinking about the waste to the fraud and abuse for the COVID-19 funding. You saw this administration. And she pivots and goes into something else. But what Chuck Todd does not do is Chuck Todd doesn't go. On what grounds would you impeach him for? Why? What high crimes and misdemeanors? Explain. Why would Republicans do that? Isn't that a distraction? Isn't that just bullshit? Like, aren't you guys just trying to weaponize the government? And also, like we were saying before, with every other issue, trying, oh, Donald Trump was impeached. So Joe Biden's impeached. Let's make impeachment just something you do to your political adversaries. Just everyone gets impeached every time they come into office. No comments, no, no follow up by Chuck Todd on that question about impeaching the president of the United States. I mean, that is such an indictment of that show and these Sunday shows in general. It's just it's a trope. And here's the thing. We can't take for granted, though, our democracy. And when I watch that show by Chuck Todd, when I watch what the mainstream media is doing, it's just so obvious that one, they're beholden to corporate interests that push these fascist agendas. I mean, there's one interpretation of it, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. The other in kind of seeking ratings they're also eventually ushering in their very downfall. And all you have to do is be a student of history to know that when you usher in the fascist regime and they're calling you 
fake news already. And the first thing that they do at the rallies is tell people to beat the shit out of you at the rallies like that. You're literally at when you go there. What do you think is going to happen when they control and come into power? You know, you're the first people who they're they're going to go after and they are just going to create. And you see what they're trying to build, you know, these weird radical right extremist propaganda networks that are even far more extreme than even like as radical and extreme fascist propaganda as Fox's. You get this right side broadcasting network where Donald Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob moonlights as a as a host at the rallies and she covers these rallies before these things put North Korea propaganda to shame. Sometimes, I mean, you have Christina Bob, who's supposed to be his lawyer. I guess she now claims she was never his lawyer. That was a big mistake, even though she went into court on his behalf in connection with the search warrant stuff. But don't don't believe what you actually saw. But by the way, I'll do a video on this. It's a really good thing that she's saying that now, Brett, because it's a total waiver of the attorney client privilege. So she's such a moron that she waived attorney client privilege. And now she could be subpoenaed and asked all of the things and why she felt. Whereas if she claimed attorney client privilege before, maybe they couldn't ask those questions, although arguably is a crime fraud exception. But she goes in front of these rallies and she's like, so how great is Donald Trump? Like, how amazing is he? Is he the most amazing? How strong is he? How 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 muscular is he? How how good looking? You think I'm joking? Like, those are literally the question. Oh, how is your right? It must have been worth it to come out here to see him. I'm like, what the hell is this? That right side broadcast OAN, you know, all of these ones that fortunately, the ones that spread all the election disinfo that were around at the time are being sued into oblivion and Dominion and Smartmatic have pretty much universally won all of their motions to dismiss. And I can't wait to cover that. But those networks, these propaganda, they're going to be the ones who replace real journalism. And just think about what's going on internationally right now. You know, fascism, these strong men, quote unquote, strong men, turns out they're all super weak. And in them trying to repress and control people, the people will uprise. There's a reason that democracy, while maybe not the greatest of all systems, is certainly the greatest one mankind has ever created by far. And just look at what's going on, for example, in Iran, where they had the repressive morality police that goes around. By the way, not too different than what we see here, right? The guy, the, the, the people who, uh, that guy, Mark uh, Hawk that we were talking about in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's a version of the morality police going, attacking people, but there it's sanctioned by the government, right? That's who, they, who Mastriano goes, Oh, that's just a, uh, a a devoted Christian pro-life. That's what the Iranians are saying. Their morality police are. These are just people following the Quran and they're just doing their duty. No, that's not what what, what it, that's a perversion of what it is to go after and attack and kill people like that. And so this morality police murdered a woman named Masa Amini, sparking widespread protests. And then what happened thereafter was Masa's father spoke out about it, leading to these big protests. And then other dozens of other youth activists and other people were getting killed. Like just recently, Hadith Najafi um, was murdered. Um, a number of other youth activists were, were murdered. And you have these widespread protests right now of, uh, of women taking off their jobs and just saying, we want our rights. We want our freedom. And then you have... Uh, the Ayatollah shutting down internet access, doing internet blackouts, 
That's the kind of stuff when Trump says repeal the Communications Decency Act, and let's go after it. They want to do Internet blackouts here. That's what the Republicans would do in a second. And just look, I encourage everybody and we'll show it to our viewers here. Look at what Iran looked like before the revolution. Look at the pictures. Look at how women dressed. It was just like here. Um, and it shows you how quickly that things could change, how quickly that culture could change, how quickly, how important it is that you put the right people in charge, because once you lose it, it's very hard to gain your freedom back. And the thing that's really been disgusting, disgusting me also is seeing these same Republicans who are pushing these same repressive tactics here who want to see what is happening in Iran here applauding this revolution that's happening for freedom there. It is so contradictory. What is really more in line with what they are saying, which I think you need to pay attention to, is the way that they are applauding and the way they are envious of what Italy just did. They are envious of the leader that Italy just elected. And by the way, with a plurality of about 25% of the votes, I want to let you know, that's how that's all it takes there with the system. They had about 25% of the votes. They're able to put a fascist into power. And just think about our country where we have like 25 to 30% of people who support Donald Trump. And you have people like Steve Scalise in the GOP. He literally described Maloney as the type of conservatism we need to see here in America. And that's why we make it su such a point. That's why we say it ad nauseum to the point where you're probably sick of us saying it. But this is not conservative ideology. This is far right fascist ideology. And the problem is, once you when you flirt with fascism, even just a little bit like our media tends to do and like these politicians do on the right, these weak ones like the Ted Cruz's and the people we speak about, when you flirt with fascism, when you equate conservatism with fascism, this is inevitably the end result. And it's why words matter. It's why we have to use our words wisely. It's why we can't kind of it's why we need to sound the alarm on these things. You know, it's not being alarmist to call MAGA a fascist movement, you know, you know, the, the reaction to President Biden calling it a fascist movement, I think, was really something that summed up the problem with our entire media ecosystem right here, because he was just simply telling the truth. And you need to tell the truth before it's too late, before you elect uh, a Maloney, before you elect a, you know, another Donald Trump here. Absolutely. And the reason that Maloney, just for people wondering, how did someone get elected with 25 percent? The way the system works there to elect the prime minister is you elect the party and there are coalitions that develop to form the government. And so this particular uh, party, the Fratelli d'Italia, the Brotherhood of Italy, as they call them, which again gets its roots from Mussolini's party. I mean, it's derived from that. Um, they're able to form a government with other far right coalitions and then to have the leader of that because the Fratelli got the most votes um, to put uh, Maloney into into power there. And then, Brett, we see uh, finally, you know, Russia's mobilization efforts completely failing um, where Russia tried to have basically its own draft. Um, the first thing that happened was most of the men who would potentially be conscripted left Russia. Um, they tried to get out of there like all one way flights were basically completely yeah. booked. And what we're also seeing is weapons that don't work being handed out. And we're actually seeing now for the first time, you know, although we saw it originally at the outset of the war, but I think 
what we saw initially too was because the war hadn't really impacted Russians like in Moscow per se, the same way it is like now with people knowing family members who are being ordered to go to war. Um, like right now you're seeing a lot of protests that are kind of sparking up. And here's the thing too. When you look at Maloney from the Fratelli uh, day Italia, when you look at all of these groups, right? One of the things they, they idolize people like Victor Orban, they idolize Putin. But what you see with Putin at the end of the day is look how weak actually he was. You know, look what a paper tiger their army actually was when push came to shove. Because when you govern like that, when you anoint someone, as the Republicans call uh, Donald Trump, the orange Jesus, and the and that person is not is actually an emperor with no clothes. Mm-hmm. When you don't value competence, what you end up having is a bunch of tanks stuck in the mud and competent real leaders like Zelensky having an army that cares, that's actually fighting for something. Just, you know, destroying these right wing extremist, r- true fascists. Um, and standing and standing up to him. And that's finally come into why the January 6th committee is so critical. The work that they're doing, the January 6th committee will be meeting again soon. Um, I can't wait for the committee. We know that they are now issuing some new subpoenas, particularly the subpoena to Robin Voss, who is the uh, speaker of the house over in Wisconsin. And Robin was interviewed. That was a great interview. We got to play the clip where this was back in July where Robin was asked by a reporter, when was the last time you spoke to Donald Trump? I don't even think the reporter realized what he was going to say, but play the clip. When's the last time you've talked to the former president, President Trump? Uh, within the last week. Within the last week? Yeah. Before or after he tweeted about you? Uh, before. And what was that conversation like? Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those that, that it's very consistent. He makes his case, which I respect. Um, he would like us to do something different in Wisconsin. I explained that it's not allowed under the Constitution. He has a different opinion. Then he put the tweet out. So that's it. Yeah, Robin's like, yeah, I spoke to him last week. And the reporter's like, what? What do you mean you spoke to him last week? But what did you speak to him about? Well, he called and asked that I overthrow the election. And he's like, well, this goes back to that Republican cowardice. Like Robin Voss sums it up right there. It's like, well, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, what's the guy from the Simpsons, Flanders? Like the neighbor? Well, Heidi ho, neighbor. Uh, I just have a disagreement, right? Hi, Lee Ho, neighbor. Uh, we just have a little bit of a disagreement about the, the Constitution. You want to overthrow it, and I believe in not overthrowing it. Just a little disagreement. Hi, Lee Ho. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to go play some golf. Like, that is who they are. They're like the Ned Flanders. They just allow fascism to come in, and they're just like, whatever. Hi, Lee Ho, neighbor. <laughs> this is a, sh- this a show full of impressions. I, Jordy, I think you need to do an impression. I have to stick up for Simpsons viewers here. I don't think Ned Flanders has ever said highly hope, but your point still stands, Ben. And, Jordy, and I think case- I think you owe us an impression this episode. Ben did Ned Flanders. I did uh, I did Ted Cruz. Who do you got? Just wait. Just wait for it. You have to stick around to the end of the episode. We'll get one out there. <laughs> well, I think unfortunately or fortunately, the end of the episode has come. I do want to tell all of our listeners to check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We're not funded by any outside investors. We're not funded by millionaires or billionaires or anything like that. We are fueled by democracy and powered by you. And so if you want to support independent journalism like this, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Join one of those membership tiers and uh, can't wait uh, to keep growing that as well. For those wondering, yes, we are airing the next January 6th committee hearings. 
live on the Midas Touch Network. So you can check that out. The hearings are September 28th. As always, be sure to check our YouTube account, youtube.com slash Midas Touch to watch the live stream with us and our incredible pro-democracy panel where we will not both sides the issues like Chuck Todd. <laughs> Jordy, take us away. It. Take us away. Shout Jordy. out to the Midas Mighty. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.